this is Madison Metcalf. I am so excited that you're tuning in today to the Bound Blessings podcast. My prayer is that this word inspires you, uplifts you, and enlightens you. You can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at Bound Blessings or on the website boundblessings.com. Let's jump into the message. Okay. Woo! Yes. How many of you guys are ready for the glow in the dark Easter egg hunt? Okay. Y'all don't even know what's about to go down. You think it's just an Easter egg hunt? Mm. I don't know about that. Okay, anyways, I have a shortened message. So all you guys have to do is just reel it in for a few minutes, okay? I have a shortened message for you all. And uh, who, who knows what's coming up on Sunday? Easter. Easter. Yes, very good, very good. Uh, in our Ordinary People series, we have been going through ordinary people who God used to do extraordinary things, right? But tonight, we are going to talk about someone who seemed ordinary, but he went on to do the most extraordinary thing ever. Okay, let's pray quick. Oh God, thank you so much for just waking us up this morning. Thanks for putting breath in our lungs and for just allowing us to, to move our bodies here and to just be in communion with uh, one another. Um, and I just pray that tonight that your truth would just come out and that these students would have enlightened hearts and enlightened minds and that you would just move mightily in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I love that. Who just did that? Amen. I love that. Very good. Okay. So the other day, the other day I asked Tyler a question. He did not like my question. He did not want to give me an answer because he did not want to say the wrong answer. Anybody ever do that? You're like, I'm not going to answer that. It seems like a trap. Yeah. So the question that I asked was, I said, honey, when am I at my best? When am I at my best? And he said, all the time. Everybody say, aw. Everybody say, you lying. Yeah. I'm not at my best all the time. And since Tyler wouldn't answer that for me, I decided I'll go ahead and, and reflect on it myself and try to come up with an answer. And so I came up with this. I am at my best when I am a humble servant. That's when I'm at my best. When I'm not preoccupied or consumed with getting or gaining or doing. It's when I act like the humble servant who came 2,000 years ago and taught us how to live. That is when I'm at my best. So tonight we're going to talk about this ordinary, humble servant. Anyone guess his name? Jesus. Bingo. Yes, we're going to talk about Jesus, which is just amazing. So we're going to dive into Luke 4. Okay, Luke 4. So if you're wanting to follow along in your phone and the Bible app or if you need a Bible, whatever, there's Bibles in back. You can grab one on your way out. But we're going to be in Luke 4. And in Luke 4, guys, Jesus is tempted by the devil. Everybody go, ooh. It's not good. Jesus is in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And he's being tempted by the devil. Can you imagine? 40 days and 40 nights with the enemy, with the devil. That would just not be good. And this is what it says, okay? This is what happened. The devil, he would tell Jesus to do something, right? How many of you know what, what passage I'm talking about? The devil would tell Jesus to do something, and then what did Jesus do? He took scripture, and he just shoved that right in the devil's face. And he put truth right where the devil was trying to feed him lies, okay? But then, after all this, when Jesus was just not giving in, and the devil was getting frustrated, it says, the devil retreated temporarily, lying in wait for another opportunity. And right here, guys, that is significant. Because the devil will go away if you stand firm. How many of you know that? If you stand firm, the devil will go away. But here's what you also need to know. You have to be on guard because he will be back. 
He will be back to attack. And that is why you have to stand firm at all times. Just because you have him leave doesn't mean he's going to always stay away. He's going to try to attack day in and day out. So you have to be rooted in truth, just like Jesus was. Okay, so this is shocking to me. This is amazing to me. After Jesus, your boy has been tested for 40 days and 40 nights. This is what it says in Luke. Jesus returned to Galilee, powerful in the spirit. After 40 days and 40 nights of being lied to and trying to be twisted and, and all these like doubts and you know worries and stuff that the devil's trying to put in Jesus' head, he comes back powerful in the spirit? Like, that is amazing to me. It's, because, it's significant because Jesus, he could have returned defeated and upset and tired and worn out, but Jesus was equipped because he was strong in the word. He didn't let the lies of the enemy keep him from holding on to the truth that he knew. And sometimes, guys, we can feel defeated after we stand firm in the truth. After Has anybody ever done the right thing when it was really hard? Yeah, it is hard. But sometimes, and sometimes when we stand firm in the truth, we can feel worn out or hurt or abandoned. But we have to be willing to let the Holy Spirit do its work so that we can rejoice and be powerful in the spirit like Jesus was. Even after the, you know, people come at us and they attack us. Even after all the hard stuff that's going on in our lives. Okay, so Jesus comes back. He's powerful in the spirit. And then this is what he does. He starts teaching, it says. He starts teaching. And it says, all who were watching and listening were surprised at how well he spoke. They said, is, isn't this Joseph's son? The one we've known since he was a youngster? Like, we watched this little bro grow up. Like, isn't this just the carpenter's son? And some people, guys, are going to question you too. Has anybody ever been questioned? Some people are going to question you. And they may look at you, and they may only see your alcoholic mom or your father who abandoned you from the mistake that you made. They may only see through their narrow lens. But Jesus did not let their, their view dictate his identity. Yes, he was the son of Joseph, a carpenter. Yes, these people did know him throughout his whole life. But he did not let that keep him from doing what God called him to do. You cannot let labels or judgments that people try to slap on you keep, him, keep you from stepping into your God-given identity either. Okay, so then he went to Capernaum. Everybody say Capernaum. Yes, very fun. It was another village, and he started teaching. And again, it says the people were surprised and impressed. His teaching was so forthright, so confident, so authoritative. Here's the deal, okay? Jesus looked ordinary to the world. He came from two ordinary people. His dad was an ordinary carpenter, for crying out loud. Nothing fancy. He wasn't laid in a throne when he was born, guys. He was laid in a manger. He didn't preach from a castle or from Carnegie Hall. He preached from a fishing boat sometimes. When he entered into the city, he didn't ride in on the coolest whip. Okay, he rode in on a donkey. He was a humble servant, and he looked like an ordinary guy. But the sad thing is that some people missed it. They were stuck on his ordinary. How could an ordinary man be the Messiah, the one who was coming to save the lost? How could an ordinary man be the son of God? They did not have the faith to see past what they perceived to be ordinary. So Jesus, 
our Savior, the Son of God, was crucified with ordinary nails on an ordinary cross next to two ordinary men on an ordinary Friday. But when the people who hurt him and beat him and crucified him, what they didn't see coming was the extraordinary moment that happened three days later when he rose again. Because, you see, three days later, when they went to the ordinary tomb, Jesus was laid in after he died, they realized something. They realized that the ordinary stone that was placed in front of this ordinary tomb was rolled back. And Jesus had conquered death. And on that ordinary Sunday, everything changed. The most extraordinary thing happened. Jesus was there to take the punishment that we deserved. The man they, they mocked and beat and nailed to a cross became a man who died and literally conquered death and rose again. The savior of the world. Guys, it takes faith to see what others can't see. It takes faith to see what others can't see. It takes faith to believe in the extraordinary that lies in the ordinary. It takes faith to believe in the good when your situation seems so bad. So my question to you guys tonight is this. Will you have the guts to see the extraordinary in the ordinary? Will you have the guts to see the extraordinary in the ordinary? Will you have the faith to see God as moving in your life? So many of you guys think, because I've heard it, God's not working. I don't see him. I don't hear him. I don't feel him. I don't know him. It's just not working. That's what I hear from some of you. If you are looking for God, in a huge, extraordinary moment, in-your-face moment, that's typically not how we encounter him. It's in the ordinary stuff, guys. It's in the way that the birds chirp. It's in the way that the sun shines. It's in the colors of the leaves when they change in the fall. It's in the smiles of the strangers that you see walking down the street. It's how intricately and beautifully we are woven together as humans. It's in the whispers that he gives us. But if you don't have the faith to believe in the extraordinary, even in the most ordinary moments, you may end up just like the people who nailed Jesus up to a cross, missing the point. It's not always easy to believe in the extraordinary. It's not. To believe in Jesus. Sometimes people make fun of us Sometimes we have to go against the crowd. Sometimes our situations are so bad, it can make us question if he's there. But just like Jesus, guys, sometimes we must suffer before we're saved. Sometimes we must suffer before we're saved, saved from our current circumstances, our trials, our hardships, the things that we're walking through. It may be hard, to be a humble servant, to see that extraordinary in the ordinary, to live a Christ-centered life. But whether you live a Christ-centered life or you don't, there will always be people that have negative things to say about you. So you know what? You might as well live a Christ-centered life, an extraordinary life, instead of that old ordinary life that you think is going to impress people. But in the end, they're going to still talk about you. They're going to still say negative things about you. They're still going to gossip about you, even when you take their side. So you might as well live a Christ-centered life. I don't know about you, I wanna live an extraordinary life. Do you? Let's do it. 
Take it from me. I know when I'm at my best. I know when I'm at my worst. But when I'm at my best, I'm a humble servant having faith in the extraordinary. And that is what I want for you guys too. Some of you tonight, you really are going through a hard time. And you have people at school who are maybe trying to isolate you or make you feel less than. They want to pull you into their little ordinary box because they see the extraordinary in you. And you're kind of being sucked into this ordinary little box that you want to fit in just to please them. I am begging you tonight, step out of that stinking box and start living the extraordinary life that God has for you. Even if it's hard, even if they say some things, they'll get over it. Some of you tonight, you want to make a decision. You want to live the extraordinary life and you want to trade in that old ordinary life inside the box to the outside of the box extraordinary life. So I'm going to ask all of you to close your eyes and bow your heads. And tonight, if you made a decision to follow Jesus or you want to recommit your life to him, I'm going to ask that you raise your hand on the count of three. So if you want to live for Jesus, if you're making that decision tonight for the first time or you've fallen away, but you want to live that extraordinary life with him tonight, Raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Raise your hand tonight. You can put those hands down. I want you guys to repeat this prayer after me. And I change these prayers up every single week because there's different struggles that we have. There's different things that we walk through. And so every single time we say a prayer, it's different. So just think about these new words. Dear God, we love you. We choose to live for you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. Help us to live for you. Help us to see the extraordinary, even in the ordinary moments. We choose you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise. If you enjoyed today's message, I would encourage you to like it or share it on social media or jump on the Bound Blessings website to check out more words of encouragement. May your faith be strengthened and your week be blessed. Thanks for tuning in.